The second step then is forgive in prayer. Forgive in prayer. So I'm going to give you a basic definition of forgiveness here in a minute. But before that, I want to share an example. So this woman, she was 17 and she was in high school. She went to a new high school. And a man at that school said he was a teacher, but he wasn't. And he kidnapped her and raped her. So after a few days, she escaped and was able to escape. And the police arrested him. And now he's in prison. But he, her heart's not satisfied. It doesn't seem just to her. And so she came for a session. And when she, before she came, she wouldn't talk to anybody. She wouldn't talk to her parents, her pastor, only one person, her best friend. Her best friend came to the forgiveness class and heard what we said. And so she told her friend about it. And we, we said that we would uh, help when she was ready. So three months later, this woman came to, the, to our city and we worked with her for about six hours. And I asked her what happened. And she told me, my wife and I worked with her and she told me. And when she spoke of what happened, she was very hurt. You could tell by her voice and by her and her tears and her anger. And so as she told her story, I said, that's a terrible thing that's, that he did to you. Not a terrible thing that happened, a terrible thing that he did to you. And so I encouraged her to pray to God, her father, and accuse this man for what he had done. And her prayer was, the words were very strong. Some of those words I had never heard before. She went on for almost 20 minutes. And when she finished, I said, so now you have a very difficult decision to make. You have to decide whether you're going to forgive this man or not. So why? Why would she forgive him? God says in the Old Testament that he deserves death. Now, we don't live in the Old Testament now, but that's what he deserves. And so why would you forgive him? So what I said was, if you trust God enough to believe that he will do justice for you and that it will be satisfying, then forgive him. Hand him over to your Heavenly Father. And so it was hard. She'd only been a Christian for six months. She's only 17 years old. This terrible thing has been done to her. So she struggled to forgive. But eventually she chose to forgive him because she did trust God enough. It was like this huge burden was lifted off of her shoulders. Now, in this case, there was nothing to confess. She hadn't done anything. There was nothing she felt guilt with. There was nothing to confess. And so she was done after she accused and forgave him. Now, because it was a sexual sin, there are some other steps we had to, to take. And we'll talk about that in the full webinar. But this resolved the issue. So how do I know that? Because her pastor called me the next week and said, what happened? 
I said, what do you mean? Well, she came back and we went on an outing as a church and she was the happiest one there. What happened? That's the right question, isn't it? What happened? So what's the answer? God heard her prayer. God responded to that prayer and God healed her. So that's why we call it prayer resolution is you pray and God respond. You pray in an effective way and then God responds by healing. So the definition then of forgiveness is the one that I, the same as the one I told her is forgiveness is trusting God enough to believe that he will see that justice is, is done on my behalf according to his standard and that I will be satisfied. Now, the according to my standard, the reason why that phrase is in there is that we don't get to decide how God does justice. God decides how and when, but we know his character that he will do justice. So in one session, this woman was praying and they had, she had been married 20 years. Her and her husband fought every night and sometimes with, with knives. They would fight with knives. And she had been in she'd been in the hospital three times in 20 years. And she was really, really angry at him. And so when she accused him, that was no problem. It went on and on, very strong language. And then it was hard to forgive, hard to trust God that much, but she did. But when she prayed and accused him, she said, God, I just want you to chop him up into little pieces. So I, I stopped her and I said, you don't get to decide how God does justice. He will decide. So then she prayed again and she said, God, if I were you, I would chop him up into little pieces. But I am not you. And so I let you decide how payment is made, how justice is done. And so that was very honest prayer and a very clear handoff that it wasn't her responsibility anymore. So forgiveness is trusting God enough to believe that he will see that justice is done on my behalf according to his standard and that I will be satisfied. So what does it feel like if you truly forgive someone? Well, if you've truly forgiven them, if you've really trusted God with this, then I don't have a grudge against them anymore. I don't demand that they pay me anymore. God is collecting the payment. I don't need to talk about them behind their back. There's no need to. God is doing justice. There's no need for me to carry this burden anymore. I can hand it over to God and let him deal with it. And I don't need anything from them, not even an apology, because what God does will be satisfying to me. And I'm no longer waiting for God to call me as a witness to what they did. I've already given my testimony to God the Father. So when I choose to forgive, then I'm trusting God to see payments made. I permit God to decide who will pay for this. And I give up insisting that that person die for what they've done. I look at God decide what happens. I'm willing to let 
Christ's blood pay for that sin. And so that's what it means to forgive. So how can somebody truly forgive like this? The only way I know is trusting God enough to believe that he will see that justice is done on my behalf and that it will be satisfying to me. Some people, when they forgive, they say, well, I forgive them because, you know, he beat me because his father beat him. Well, there's nothing to forgive him for then. You're, you're excusing his behavior, saying he couldn't help it. You're not really accusing them of anything when you say that. But if his father beat him, then he, know, he knows what that feels like. Why would he do that to you? And so we, if we truly want to forgive them, we can't excuse them for what they've done. It's only when we accept that some terrible wrong has happened and that they're without excuse, only then can we choose to forgive them, to hand them over to God for justice. Here's an analogy. When somebody offends us, somebody harms us, somebody hurts us, it's like they stabbed us with a knife. And so we go to God and we pray, oh, God, take away the pain, take away the pain. And God takes away the pain, but then the pain comes back because the knife is still there. And so then we pray again, take away the pain, take away the pain. And God takes the pain away again. But the pain comes back because the knife is still there. Forgiveness takes the knife out. And now this wound can heal. There'll be a scar. You won't forget what happened, but it won't hurt anymore. Scars don't hurt. You remember it happened, but it won't hurt anymore. And so I hope that that example will help you remember how forgiveness works. What do you do when the wounded one's not ready to forgive? Okay, this woman came for a session and she had 20 accusations against her father that divorced her mother, had cut off her relationship with uh, his daughter. So she had 20 accusations against him. And so I asked her, so do you choose to forgive him? And she said, no. So I said, okay, well, I'll see you next week. So the next week, 20 more accusations. Are you ready to forgive him? No. So the third week, she came running in saying, I have to forgive him. I said, why? She said, I can't carry this anymore. It's too heavy. Yeah, it is too heavy. God didn't design you to carry that. And so then she finally forgave. So it took her a couple weeks to process what had happened to her before she was ready to forgive. That's much different, though, than a person that says, I will never forgive them. That's like a vow, an unwise vow. There's a story of the unforgiving servant. The king forgave his servant of a large sum of money, but his servant wouldn't forgive a fellow servant for a very small sum of money. And so when the king heard, what happened? The king was angry and threw that servant into prison. And then in Luke, it says something very interesting. And the jailers tortured him. 
I think a person who chooses never to forgive lives a tortured life. It's like they drank poison and now they're waiting for the other person to die. It destroys their life, not the one that they haven't forgiven. And so people who choose never to forgive, they're very bitter. They lose their friends. Nobody wants to be around them. They have a very tortured life. And in some cases, I think maybe even an evil spirit can trouble them because of their unforgiveness. Yeah. So Satan doesn't want you to forgive. He doesn't want you to trust God. Satan always accuses and never forgives. He never trusts God. He doesn't respect God's authority. Don't be like Satan. As believers, we have a huge advantage over those who don't believe because our God is just and he will do justice for us. So we can forgive and be rid of all these things that burden us. We can have a fullness of life that they can't because we can trust him for justice. So don't be like Satan. Forgive. Let God do justice for you.